everyone, welcome back again to another exciting episode of the Iconist Podcast. And you can tell that I'm excited. This is Barry 3D coming to you. And as always, I got to sit here with the man, the myth, the legend, the man that only needs two minutes of sleep, but can perform for 48 hours <laughs> DJing straight, nonstop. It's an inside joke. He needs sleep. Uh, he's sleep deprived. The one and only my cousin. Who will mm. make you go and bounce and put you in a la la land and wake you up early in the morning still spinning the jams. Yeah. Who am I talking about? My man. Rod C. Let's go, people. We're here to Rod C. C. Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> Let's go. So we're going to kick it off. Mm. As you can tell, the icon is today Adam Strange. But Adam. before we get into that, let's kick it off with this. You know mm. me, Barry3D. You want to find what I'm going to be doing? Barry3D.com. That's got my links for everything from this mm. show, the other show that I'm on, which is a touch of gray matter of my boys, Dave Sokolowski, Thomas Patrice, Zolf Ali, and our, our online experiences as a touch of gray matter and live, live, live. Once again, coming to Montreal on August 26th, August 27th, shows at 7 and 10 o'clock. That is a Friday and Saturday Come on out. Let's get down. Let's have a good time. And it's, a, it's you know, it, it's, it's for a good cause, right? So we're raising money for the Shriners Hospital. So you come out, you laugh, you eat, and know that part of the portion of that, the, the proceeds that we're collecting are going to a good cause. So it's a win-win-win for everybody. Oh. Um, and so we got to do a great shout-out, too, before we kind of get into it. So as always, my man, Jimmy England from Back to the Balcony. Look for the microphone on the red background. That's a podcast that I'm on. And it's a podcast, that, as a guest, that is. And it's a podcast that is very funny. He's on season seven. Holy crap. Keep it going, Jimmy. Woo! Woo! You got to support the live books. What I mean by the live books, get to the comic book stores because if you don't buy the books, we got nothing to talk about. So here it comes down to, if you go in Kitchener, hit up Wow Comics, Warehouse of Wonder with my boy Wes, Ramon, Sydney, and Chris. Tell them I said hi, that we sent you. We filmed stuff there. Look back at some of the videos. You'll see me running through the store real quick. And I'm going to be in the area on July 31st on Crazy Canuck at, you know, Elton Kitchener doing comedy with my boy Andrew Searles who also is doing a show uh, August 26th and August 27th in Montreal. So Look he's been that. doing Look the same more chocolat. And us, Touch of Grey Matter, are doing the Walking to Montreal tour because gas is too damn expensive. Talk about it. Right on, right on. And then we – so I've got – I think I've, I've, got, I've got the main players covered, um, you know. So, uh, Rod, 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 where, where, where can people find you – to have them lullaby jams, wake them up in the morning, and put them to bed at night. Go! You can find me on the World Wide Web, as I say, on Instagram at Mr. Rod C, M-R-R-O-D-C. Plus, you also find me where I can give you that musical jam of musical vibes on Twitch, twitch.tv forward slash DJ Rod C. Listen, we're going to have some fun today. We got to do one more shout out, though. We got to do a shout out for the man. Yo, the legend, yo. the one who makes us looking good, the one who just makes us looking all pretty with all the, the logos and everything like that. The one, the only, the man, the legend, the man himself, a.k.a. Jay Bird Digital Arts, 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 Arts. Bird Digital Arts. Hit Come him up, on, Jason people. Reese. How you doing? He's working on templates right now for us for some new stuff. And we got these templates as you're seeing here. You see our social media presence. You see the stuff for Touch of Grain Matter. Anything that we are pretty much attached to, Jason does. He's the hookup. 
he he touches. He just he gives it the, the final touch. <clears throat> That's great. Go. How many episodes <clears throat> in every episode we talk about Jason? Why? Because he's that damn good. <laughs> That's he's, of, like, he's, like episodes, Logan. he's like Wolverine, the best he is and <clears throat> what he does. <laughs> but what he does is pretty. Very crazy. Very nice. <laughs> very nice indeed. Yeah. <laughs> Woo. Wow. Wow, I, th- I I don't know if I had too much. Any- I think I slept well last night. Sorry, Rod. I don't mean to rub that in you. I know it, you it's went all right. Like two minutes of sleep. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Two two point four. Two point four. <laughs> Those forty seconds count. God, yeah. Hamburger. Let's hamburger. go. Hamburger. Yes. <laughs> hamburger. I love that comedian. Hamburger. Why do you say hamburger all the time? Well, I had to do clean shows, and I don't want to swear. So instead of swearing, I say hamburger. Smart. <laughs> Smart. I should I say, yeah, all right. Now I'm going to say every time I'm going to swear, I'm going to say Iconis. <laughs> nice. Nice. Iconis. Here we go. Oh. So the icon is today Adam Strange. Strange. Mm-hmm. Right? I know we've done a lot of Marvel love on this show. And it's not to say that we discriminate against others. It's just mm. that too we affiliate. So we want to make sure we go China and, and be more broad in horizons to bring this yeah, to you. We're balancing out. Balancing out. That's what we're doing. What we're doing. Right, so right, because we don't just read Marvel. We read Marvel, oh. DC, Image, you know, uh, Top Cow, uh, all the independent books, man. We, we you, you, IDW, we, we read it all the independent. Oh, jeez. If it's in comic <laughs> form, it's crossing these eyes. Get the you don't know. I'm about to say, you don't know what these eyes have seen. Oh, my goodness. If you only understood what these eyes have seen. <laughs> oh, I've seen so much. The happiness, not the horror. The happiness. <laughs> I read some stuff. Let me put this put this way. I read so much that I used to have 2020 vision. Now I wear glasses. Okay, here we go. (laughs) We'll leave it at that. Right on. (laughs) So as I said, we're going to talk about Adam Strange today. And we thought Adam Strange, he's a cool character. And Mm -hmm. he's funky. And when I mean funky, I mean that in a good way. He's (laughs) gone through, he's been around. Okay, let's just break it down. So Adam Strange made his first appearance in Showcase Issue mm-hmm. number 17. When was now, that? Showcase 17. <sighs> Carry the four. Yeah, let me, let, me, let me break this multiply. down for you. In when the year that? of November hmm? 1958. Hey, that's, that's, I can't. That. Let's go back. Let's go back. Way back. Way back in Way time. Back, he made that was his first appearance. Now, keep in mind, Showcase. You might have heard us mention this before. Showcase Comics was a great. It was like uh, DC presents, like Showcase, and, mm-hmm. and new writers and artists got to work on this and do like little like two arc, three story arc stories. Sometimes just a one shot in this to, as as a showcase to say, hey, this is why we should be on the big books. It was think of it as NXT to WWE. <laughs> right, nice. you got to get on XT first and see how well you do. We get onto the main page, so you had to do well and showcase to see if your characters, your writing style, your art style was appealing to the masses to kind of be brought up to the big mm. league. So you 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 were just being trained. That was how you could the best way you can look at showcase comics. And I think showcase should come back, and that's a different conversation for a different time. Mm. But you know, so issue number 17, 1958 Adam Strange is created. Now I know that when they say Adam Strange is created. You know, people forget about uh, one particular person because here they're saying it's uh, Julius Shorts and Murphy Anderson were the creators, but they keep forgetting. And it was even in Julius Shorts, uh, Shorts' memoirs, Man of Two Worlds, I think that's the name of the book. 
that he does credit Gardner Fox. Hmm. Right? Now, Gardner Fox, who's Gardner Fox? Think of Gardner Fox as Stan Lee for DC. Gardner Fox was behind Adam Strange, uh, Justice Society, uh, you know, Hawkman. Hawk. He, he, he was really there in a lot of the creation process. So you can either put him on par with Stan Lee or you right. can put him up there with um, Jack the King Kirby. He was a major, major force behind a lot of the DC characters and books. Done. He gets the iconic clap. What's that? Oh, microphone. That's it. That's it. He claps and put it up right there. Yeah, that's the best. I, I just I keep hitting my microphone. Sorry about the background noise. Here we go. That, that's my iconic clap. Just, I just made that up. I'm so creative. Yeah, when you see me do the iconic clap. There we go. We'll put this into a dance move. Right on. So, why, why, why Adam Strange? Why not? <laughs> Definitely why not. Adam Strange had a little bit of love in media. And when I say a little bit of love, this character could have been a lot more than what he was from what we, we've seen. So, what I mean by that is his origin. He is from Earth. Right? Cool. Mm-hmm. Thank you very much. His name's Adam Strange. Okay. We can, we'll talk about that a little bit later on. Uh, and, he, and he was also the hero of a planet called Ran. R-A-N-N. Mm-hmm. Now, he, he's been part of the Justice League, Justice League Unlimited, uh, Seven Soldiers of Victory, Rebels, you know, he's teamed up with Sardis, who is the main guy over on Ran, and he, and he's good friends with Hawkman and Hawkwoman. Oh, sorry, Hawkman and Hawkgirl. Girl, right. Right. Uh, and when they had to cover the Ranthangarian War, way back in showcase issues, like I think 101 to 103, which were my favorite, <clears throat> where they had to bring in the Shadow Thief and all that. That's, and I know people read the Fangarian War right now with Adam Strange and Hawkman. They're like, whoa, that's cool. What, why do you know why this pairing was happening? All the way back in the 60s. Okay. So that's actually how strong the storyline is and how these characters intertwine. So he starts off on Earth as your average archaeologist. Right. Right? Oh, mm-hmm. You know, he's being chased. He, he's doing some research and he's being chased by, uh, he's investigating some some pyramids in the Inca region and he's being chased by a tribe there and they're about to kill him and he's running away and and trying to escape. Now, at the same time, light years away in the Alpha Centauri system, you have Sardis who's making a communication device to reach out to the nearest person to communicate. So he makes this Zeta beam to put through the transmission. So he was trying to be Bluetooth before Bluetooth over intergalactic (laughs) regions. Very, very good, very good, definitely, definitely. <laughs> right? Bluetooth before Bluetooth. But that's what he was trying to do because they needed help. Because on Ran, you know, Ranagar, Ran, they they went through an, a, an apocalyptic situation. Hmm. There's no grass growing. They live in cities that are kind of domed and, and higher above the ground. The standard radiation, they're kind of getting past it. So the land is desolate. They they've lost their abilities to fight. What I mean by that, they don't have, they're very docile as a race. They're trying to be very peace-like because the war took them right to the edge. And after it, they don't have much. So they're just, they're very scientifically smart, but they're not war thinking people who are left. It's like a whole town of pacifists, but they need, they need a hero. (laughs) (laughs) I'm looking up for a hero on the end of the night. Yes. Yes. Bring back the eighties. So they're trying to communicate to kind of establish communications to see if we can, they can work out some kind of uh, trade embargo, something along the lines to help them out to, mm-hmm. you know, 
trade their technology to get resources to help save their planet. Adam's running for his life. All of a sudden, Mike Winkydink, zap! Adam gets hit with the, the Zeta beam, and it doesn't communicate. It teleports. What was so that? Leaves Earth, boom, uploaded onto Ran, gets there and muscle. What? What? <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, sees his future girlfriend, wife. Mm-hmm. Looks around. They start talking, you know, figuring this out. He explained what's going on. And he's like, oh, well, I can be your hero. Now, the thing is, a couple of things we got to take apart, uh, uh, some notes on. One, Gardner Fox, or, or I can't remember if it was Gardner or Julius. Uh, Gar- 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 oh, okay, sorry, sorry. I'll yeah, yeah, one of them was really into, like, science in school. Okay. Right? I think it was Julius. I really into science in school. It's, forgive me, I know I should have had it more prepared. My bad, it's old man brain. And and in school, yeah, you know, literally like science in school. So turn around and he put a lot of actual tidbits of science in it. He didn't make it far-fletched. He wanted to have a little bit of realism in it. So that's what I liked about that. Now, even though we're talking, he's probably only putting in sixth grade science in it, not university level. That's okay. Science is still science, like mm-hmm. my man Dexter would say. Mm. You know, Dexter's laboratory. Nice. It's all for science. <laughs> And that's where this character came from. But it, it, the influence is blatantly obvious. Yes. Blake, Rod, do you know what the influences are for Adam Strange? Well, I look at this and realizing that did we ever did we ever talk about John Car- uh, Carter? I'm just trying to think. No, we have not talked about we John Carter. Not, but that's something. But we, we should we see that both of our should. last names are Carter. Valid real talk right there. Uh, but I mean, there, you know, there's influence with, you know, science and everything like that. But what, what I, what I take back when I, when I hear the story of the Zeta beam and being transported to another, another world. Right. I think of John Carter. Yeah. Uh, from Mars. So yeah. that was the same. That to me was always realizing that came before so that was created, uh, in the, like 1917 or 1920s. Like John John Carter came out, so yeah. for all I I could believe that there was a nice influence from there that Julius you know and Garner kind of like thinking, hey, let's do something you know that particular that particular one has not been done in a while, and we can just do our little own spin on it, which I I I find I like. That's just me. I just like that. Yeah, yeah. Because mm-hmm. first of all, I, I, Edgar Rice Burroughs, who created Tarzan, John Carter of Mars, or the book was called. Princess of Mars, but later right. John right. Carter and the whole nine yards uh, got there. Um, you know, and, and then other characters. So, yes, John Carter, that story is reminiscent right there, right? You know, hero coming from Earth. He's a military man on a different planet, meets a gorgeous princess, you know, tries to save her. Got it. Boom. All right. Face. That works. But it's also very similar to his look of uh, at the time. Buck Rogers in the 25th uh, century with the jetpack. Yep. If you look yep. at the old yep. school Buck Rogers the strips, Completely. right? He, he's got that. Once again, yep. man displaced out of time, gets there, sees a woman, like, ah, yeah, military man, got you. Let's not forget the other influence. Bear with me. I'm going to try to say this without getting carried away. 
Flash Gordon. Flash. Uh, he is the savior. Right? Okay, so I can't. Okay, right. We, we know, once again, we, I did my whole G.I. Joe thing, right? Where G.I. Joe the movie. Uh, uh, okay, so I'm trying not to get into Flash Gordon the same way. Oh, but it's so tempting. Uh, he is the man that's come to save the universe. Right, 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 right. Okay, okay. Goosebumps. I'm fighting it. I'm really fighting my inner, like my inner immature self, which is not too much of a fight. Okay, so Flash got it. So influenced by Flash Gordon, Buck Rogers, John Carter, Mars Ross. Don't see it. He's going to make me crack. Oh, sorry. Did I say that last? I apologize. <laughs> and that was done by Queen too. Oh my gosh, I love Queen. Okay, okay. Uh, 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 Freddie Mercury. Ah, making it hard for me. Uh, okay. All right, all right. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. It's going to come out of me at some point. I know it's going to come out of me once I got the lyrics in my head straight. So, influenced by Buck Rogers, Flash Gordon, John Carter of Mars. And and so these people were the influence to Adam Strange. So the look was a little bit Buck Rogers. Teleported to another planet was definitely John Carter. The whole princess being there, oh, that's Flash Gordon, that's John Carter. That, that you can just copy paste and it's good enough there. Now the writing, the stories, a little bit tongue in cheek, a little bit whimsical, right? So and I like that. I like that because not everything's got to be deep, dark, and brooding. We, we have the characters for those. So this is where he gets there. And he gets teleported over to the, the planet. He tries to do his best because he realizes none of them are real uh, fighters. They're right. just more, you know. <laughs> As if it's just very relaxed, very relaxed in that regard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But he's, he's active. He's an archaeologist. He, he understands... You know, he can hold his own in a fight. He's not a fighter like like Batman is, mm-hmm. but he's got strategy. He understands, you know, he learned he, because he has that inquisitive mind right. as an archaeologist. He's a learned man, as the saying mm-hmm. goes, and he's open to learning about new cultures. So an archaeologist on another world is helping them catalog, catalog all the relics from their past of Rand. Now, for them, he's helping them learn. For himself, he's learning something new. It's like he's in outer space learning about space culture. Well, before before we get even even deeper on that, one thing to make notice is that when when Adam came over, Adam came over to Ran. Ran had his own dialect, had his own language. Technically, right from the beginning, Adam, when he got zapped over and Zeta beamed over, he got. He was basically very saying he was getting he was getting attacked by some natives. You know, some people. You know, tribal people. Whatever the case being, got zapped over the land. When he arrives on Rand, he's like, "What am I? Where am I? What in the world am I?" He was at that point being chased by some type of Rand version. We will call like a bird, dragon, uh, something like that. Dragon, like like a sort, whatever the case be. And he was on the run from that. But then Alana will get to her. Yes. Uh, saved him. Yes. But as soon as he went to say, thank you, my goodness, thanks for saving me. I don't know what the hell is going on. Where are I? 
And she started talking and he had no clue what she said. It was just pure Charlie Brown. Pure Charles Brown in his ear holes. He couldn't understand it. But at least he took it that, listen, she tried to save me, whatever, and she indicated, come with me, come with me. Luckily enough, her father, as we'll get into, is a man of science and was realizing, oh, this person doesn't understand. Sit right there. Just sit, just sit right there. Put basically like a little headband on him. Yes. At the moment, you put the headband on. And so basically, I don't understand who this person is, Dad, but he looked real nice, and maybe we can help him out. Yo, I understand what y'all saying. What's going on? Yo, yeah. Hit. So that was a main thing to always understand that at least when Julius came up with, you know, the concept and everything like that, it was great that they understood this person is now maybe visualizing another humanoid, mm-hmm. but this person is not human of Earth. So we got to make it very distinct, this different and distinct to make you realize that he's definitely walking, stepping into an unknown world, a strange new world. <laughs> so we have to go that particular route. So it was great that they had the opportunity to give him the ability to realize like this is something that we're going to have to learn through different cultures, which you will find later on in the series that these situation comes back again. It made it so if there were ever a need to, he had to like lose the banner, have the, lose the ability to speak their native tongue. So we gave him that. So at this point now he can continue and then build to learn ran their cultures about them themselves and learn how to help them with their history as Barry was saying so they can further themselves in the future. Yes. That was one main trial that had to be had to be overcome. And it was great that we were we were able to add that. But that's something that basically is a is a it's a good dynamic to the whole situation that he walked right into. Yeah. Yeah, and that's what makes the character so different mm. in that aspect, right? It wasn't tragedy. It was nothing. We don't really know much about his life on Earth, and they never really covered it. He just seemed to be, from what you get, he's alone. So right. he, nothing was really tying him to Earth, right? You don't hear about his parents being alive. You don't hear about siblings or, or any extended family. So maybe he's not close to them. Maybe being an archaeologist, uh, he's always on the go, so he's not really in touch with family. He's just really that's... in the pursuit of his own knowledge. So he, he's on Earth. He's got no ties. I, I think that's an explore, you know, and everyone on, you know, at some point you might have family members. So I would like to think that that would be a cool storyline. And at some point in the future that they would explore his family ties, his family history. Mm-hmm. Right. I, I, just to talk about it, just to see what it is. Um, and, and here's like, and I'm kind of off point here for a second, but when it says name Adam Strange, I always believe there's certain characters that have names that we know them as, but that's not their real name. You know, and they covered that in one of them, uh, uh, Rip, Rip Hunter, you know, the, the time master, his time traveler, right. right? Everyone knows him as Rip Hunter. But at one point in the miniseries, he's like, yeah, Rip Hunter is not my real name. He's like, what? He goes, yeah, I had to be smart because as a time traveler, I had to change my name because of people who knew who I really was, they would try to probably terminate or do the Terminator, Sarah Connor, get the mom before the childbirth scenario mm-hmm. so he calls himself rip hunter so no one can find anything about his family which i think was smart adam strange uh, uh, you know strange could be his last name i mean look at his doctor strange in the marvel universe 
but maybe Adam Strange is just a name that it was an acronym. Maybe he made something up. Maybe it was Mr. You know, so it's not going to say Mr. Strange. It's going to, it could be, well, yeah, people call me strange. I go by Adam. Just call me Adam Strange, right? It's like, so that's a different story, but that's my two cents thought on it, right? How Mm -hmm. it can be done now. So as an archaeologist, as the inquisitive mind wants to know, he's understanding technology. He's learning about that. He's helping bridge. The, the point is with Adam Strange is his role in DC. Mm-hmm. He's the character that has the most experience with alien races. Right? Time, Forget yeah. all the aliens that come to Earth. Forget it. For, mm-hmm. for, let's scratch that, right? You know, Superman, alien, came to Earth, last son of Krypton. Martian Manhunter, right. you know, came to Earth. All right. But he's out there dealing with alien cultures on a regular basis. Earth only sees them when they send one bad guy or one good guy, or maybe the odd time, you know, let's do an annual invasion. Okay, boom. That, that's it. Rest of the time, he's dealing with them. So I, I, I get the feeling for myself with Adam Strange. So, you know, he's the explorer. He's the archaeologist. So let me go back. I'll put a pin in that, come back in a second. So Adam Strange, does he have any powers? No. <laughs> no, no, no. He's in decent shape. You know, he can hold his own issue to fight, but yeah. he has advanced technology that he uses to his advantage. So he's got his nice red costume, which also doubles as a spacesuit, right? So it's pressurized. He's got the old school bubble helmet, which they upgraded it to give him more of like a nice proper helmet with a, a proper visor, which it will help him in space. He's got a, a, the old school looking jetpack, right? So literally like the Rocketeer, you know, the two uh, tanks on his back. In mm-hmm. white, so his colors are white, red, and he's got a little gold emblem on it with wings on it. And he's become like the hero of Rand. With that, with a laser blaster, he's got that and his intelligence. Now, he's had that look for a long time. And then in 2004, there was a miniseries. I mean, it was an eight-issue miniseries. But they packed it together as a graphic, like a one-shot kind of a graphic novel. And they call it, um, whatchamacallit, uh, oh, Planet Heist. Right. And if you get it all together. Now, when they did Planet Heist, they did an upgrade of his costume. For science, how it should be, I think that was cool. Because he would have his armor, he would be there, it was a little bit more thicker. I like that. And if he needed a gun, the gun would materialize. And it looked like it was almost transparent, but it was a gun. If he needed a a hand cannon, it would materialize partly on his forearm and then sticking out underneath his hand. And but it would materialize out of like solid light, and these would be his weapons. So they would come and go, and I I thought that was a nice touch for someone that came from a planet of super science, as mm. they reflect to it. So it's not even science, but super science, you know, iconis. So that's <laughs> that's how it it came down. I was like, that is amazing, and I like that look and that storyline, that arc with Planet Heist, because in there at this point, so beginning of his career. We all know that's a space girlfriend. That's how they refer to her in all quotes. He's got a space girlfriend. Girlfriend in outer space. The thing with a Zeta beam is it's um, temporary. <laughs> mm, yeah. Got a little. You got to work on situations. That. Just an awkward. Just yeah. An awkward. So what would happen is he got hit with that Zeta beam. He got transported to Rand the first time. He went through his adventures. When the energy from the Zeta beam wears off on his body, he mm. automatically gets no matter where he's at, no matter what he's doing, <laughs> back to Earth. What the what? Right. So he had to sit there in his apartment and he had to calculate. Okay, 
they sent off more than one Zeta beam. When's the next one going to arrive? And I got to get the coordinates. I got to get the time and I got to get there. Right. So at moments it has him like using mathematical skills, you know, he's on top of a building and he's jumping off the building. And people are like, what are you doing? Don't jump. Don't worry about it. Zoom. And he get taken up by the Zeta B. Right. He's jumping off of cliffs. <laughs> he's going into like enemy territory sometimes or, or violent regions of the earth where, you know, violent tribes because he's over maybe in Africa and being chased and they don't understand what's going on and zoom. And he has it time, but he's not on earth that much. He spends his time there. So on earth, his stuff kind of falls, you know, goes, I mean, his credit gone. He's not making any money. His apartment, he gets evicted because he's never there because he's so worried, not, not worried. He's so concentrated on being on Rand that he just wants to use every month, all the money he can in his savings to always be there. So there's times where he knows that Zeta beam wears off and he has contingency plans on earth. We're off. He'll get teleported back to the last spot he was at. So he's got a helicopter hidden in the bushes. All right. We go and get the helicopter, fly back, do my calculations. That Zeta beam will be coming here in three days. Okay. And he takes off and goes there. But that's all money. He ain't a rich man. So, so here, here's the thing. Now, if anybody's wondering, like, how did he know about how, like, where the, he has to calculate where the beams are coming, but he got to know the beams are coming. Yes. What he found out after his first trip to Ren. So that basically told him, listen, um, what I figured out is that all I was doing, as we said earlier, is that we were just trying to send out communication and it just come to your planet and it turned into some type of transporting beam. Yeah. What was originally done, um, Sadak was setting out this multiple times, very frequently, set, not frequently, very often just sending out beams, just trying to communicate with nearby things. The scenario is that the distance between the length of time from, from Earth to Ran is four and a half years. It takes a beam four and a half years to travel from one point to the other. But because he said I was sending that out, let's say at one o'clock, and then he sent another one a day from now at whatever the case to be, whatever time, it's been constantly said, this is where Adam now on the receiving end Sadak said on your last when he left the first time, he said, This is this is what I, I've sent it very often. So just to give you a base idea. So that's why Adam would now know that okay, it's coming. It, four and a half years to get here. But it's going to come here probably in a day or so. So now that's how he works the calculations. Yes. And because again, he as he said, Barry said, he he's a very intelligent individual and he realized at least the Coordinating of being an alcoholist, he just knows what he needs to, where to go to dig, yeah. that type of, you know, problem yeah. solving. And he basically took that to the level of like, okay, if I want to get back to a very interesting uh, individual, I'm going to do what I got to do. Man, bringing a paper, pen, calculator, he's using the, 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 the bead dial, just, you know, accurate system. Calculate and just looking at the sun and get the coordinates and like it should be right over here and then he'll be able to make that leap off building and, and jump in. But then those are the funny part that if you go back to the exact same place where you took off, you, you were flying through the air. You better have a mat at the bottom. But I'm just saying. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, I say and and and, interesting, and that's what makes it whimsical and funny because you know you see this guy jumping off a building off a cliff and so you think okay he's jumping to a certain doom. Nope, he's getting zapped. So that's one. Two. 
his his storylines. He's the to me, he's the emissary into the DC universe for aliens, the cosmic entities. Mm. Because of him, he can be that ambassador, especially for Thenagar. So that's Hawkman, Hawk Girl, that whole planet, everything there. We can learn that culture from a human perspective. And that's what they wanted. They needed a human voice in outer space. That's how we got it. Mm-hmm. Adam Strange, right on. He he's been there in a lot of times. So you know, a couple of things that always make me pop in my head is like, how come the Zeta Beam only affects Adam Strange and never had gotten anyone else by Fluker? You know, Facts. and that, that would be an interesting storyline. So that's one. Two, as the hero, he's always got to find ways because he's defending a whole planet. So he's got to find ways. And a lot of times, it's, even though he's like shooting and punching, it, it, that's not the whole thing. He has to think and outthink his enemies how to do it. How right. dangerous is Adam Strange? Let's put it this way. One point, he turned around his planet, ran, got kidnapped uh, or, or, or enslaved by these aliens that were telepathic. He took down the whole Justice League of America. That's Batman, Superman, Devil. Wonder Woman, and the rest. Flash, so all powerhouses, teleported him to Rand, enslaved them. They thought he was gone crazy, but it was part of his plan, but he couldn't let them know what the plan was because that alien race could read people's minds. We had to shield his mind and his thoughts of what he was doing, bring in the league, and and, and enslave them. He found a way to bring down Superman. Hold up. What? Yeah. That's Batman level. That's Batman level kind of thinking. That's how you got to look. Strategy. So that's why I mean he's up there as a strategist. So that's where he really shines. Mm-hmm. There was another time where he got stranded with with uh, uh, Starfire, and I can't remember who else it was. One other person, and and he's on a planet, and he's blind, and he fixes a spaceship blind to bring them back to Rand. But he's blind, like permanently lost his vision, and he got his eyes back because Sardith, at this point, would be his father-in-law because mm-hmm. he married he married Elena, made clone of his daughter's eyes. And this is the new 52 and gave it to Adam, but then he enhanced it. So this way Adam can see into the electric, you know, electric magnetics, you no know, fields, fields through mm-hmm. it. So that's his only body function upgrade. But so blind, he made his, he, he fixed the spaceship. He mm-hmm. fixed the spaceship, not, not the other two people with him. Save this planet multiple times. And then in that miniseries I was telling you about, which is called, uh, it's a group together and it's called Planet Heist. He finally decides to come back to Earth and says, that's it, I'm done with Earth. Not because anything bad happened. Mm-hmm. He's had so many adventures. At this point, Sardith has figured out a way to make the Zeta Beam permanent. So he won't have these moments of he just disappears mid-adventure and has to find his way back. He's married to Lana. He's got a daughter. He's happy. There's nothing left for him on Earth. So he's come back on Earth to wrap up the last of his affairs. So we realize he lives in Gotham City. What? Oh, okay. Interesting. <laughs> See? He lives in Gotham City. Gets there. He's packing up his stuff. He's waiting for the beam to show up. The beam doesn't come up. He reaches out to his contacts. So that's, you know, like Superman and all that. And they tell him that the planet, the, the sun where the, it's the planet Ranagar was, it went supernova. Everything got destroyed. Superman couldn't save it. But it was also part of a ploy and a scream. And if you read the book, you'll realize that it didn't get destroyed. The planet got moved and he gets back out there, man of action. But of course, he's being hunted down, you know, yeah. by by people in outer space, people on Earth. It, it, it's a good storyline. It's one of my favorite ones. So that's, that's, say it with your chest. That's, that's my Adam Strange. Hmm. Uh, and there's a lot more. And he, he always comes in. So Adam Strange has shown up in Young Justice. Right. Right. I like how they did him, but I still want him to be 
I, they made him younger. I still wanted him to be the older Adam Strange. So you see him there. And then his biggest claim to fame, in my opinion, was on the TV show Krypton. Right. Now, I like Krypton. I didn't think I was going to like Krypton, but I did. I liked the show Krypton. Mm-hmm. And I like Adam Strange. And I'm like, oh, you actually bring in Adam Strange, but I'm like, and you and you kept this this storyline somewhat accurate. Yeah, about to say very similar, very similar. Right? He, he was in there, he had a baseball cap, he's trying to convince Superman's grandfather he's got to follow a certain path because you know, Superman, you know, time travel and all that. So there's different things they took on the aspect of it. Uh, you know, and I'm like, okay, and then the Zeta Beam they mentioned, but the Zeta Beam was also used to transport him through time and space, not just through space. Right. Okay. And then at the end of Krypton, fight breaks out, sees a family, almost kind of thing. I know they're bringing out Doomsday. He gets hit. His back gets broken. So they give him an exoskeleton suit. And the suit they give him is this classic red and white suit with the jetpack on it. So he can get around. I'm like, finally, you put the man in costume. And then they didn't renew the show. Fine. They, 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 they had him in his classic costume. They mentioned they were bringing in Thanagar and other races. And they showed them. And you, But you see the Thanagarians. I'm like, yeah, the wings, Hawkman's people. Here we go, man. All right, cool. I'm Let's good go. with this. And then they cut it. They, they didn't renew the show. Yeah, punks. <laughs> okay. bring it back back. did you enjoy Krypton when you watched Krypton Rod you know I did I did it was it was very interesting in regards of pairing those two worlds together and I was was like very interesting because again Adam Strange and going to being going like he's going to rent but now he's going back in time and I'm like oh that's interesting and the scenario was that yeah he was younger he was um, he was uh, was a college he was a college student in that regard. Yeah. He was was an archaeologist, but he was as I as I said he was um, I think he like he dropped out, so they didn't even give him like the full potential. So it, it made me think this is early years of his career, but then it didn't kind of follow suit that you know he was he would have been an established archaeologist when he was zapped. Whatever the case. Yes. So, you know, they, they slightly, they slightly changed it about. And yeah, again, having going back. Yeah, exactly. No, it's okay. But going back in time and, and, you know, meeting with, uh, uh, Superman's grandfather and just basically explaining him the necessity of him trying to uphold the family name and basically saying the house of L needs to be at a certain peak. You know what I mean? You, you got to don't give up hope, you know, whatever issues happening that, you know, at Krypton and this time, that time of frame, 200 yeah. years in the past, um, don't let it get you down. You are supposed, your house is supposed to be one of the great houses of Krypton. We need you to do that. Cause if not, yeah. uh, in the future, there is, there is, um, it was Brainiac, right? Yeah. Yeah. Why, yeah. yeah. It was Brainiac. Why my mind just went blank? It had to be Brainiac. Uh, who had basically went back in time and basically tried to erase Superman. So, it needed to be. It's like grandfather's type of paradox. Type yep. of thing. You got to make sure you do this. This is what it is. So you got to make sure that you do this. So I mean, it was it was a great it was a great way of fusing those two worlds together. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it was it was definitely building up, getting good, bringing in the house of Zod in, and everything like that. And yes. we're going off slightly 
but it just to show that and then then they they kind of yeah yeah, yeah we'll, we'll, be, we'll be we'll be back in uh six months everybody take a break nope. we'll be back and then yeah i mean look i like the actor that was playing him you know mm-hmm. and, and and nothing knocking the actor um but i i, I like to see who we're gonna go with right now so that that's our whole take on adam strange mm-hmm. interesting character been around forever his miniseries are always been fire. Uh, I think it's hard to do an ongoing series with him at times because some writers don't, don't get it. I mean, like Alan Moore, Alan Moore came in and did his take on it. And it was like, mm-hmm. okay, cool. And then Alan Moore is like, well, the only reason you're here is to breed because everyone on this planet in Iran is sterile. So they're just bringing you for breeding stock. Oh, I'm like, ah, uh, we, we nearly had you. We nearly had you. I this. Okay. So. <laughs> We've talked about him, and, and and I said, can this character come back? Yeah, if we, yeah, if they wanted, if, if Warner Brothers wants to be different, mm-hmm. well, not want to be different. I mean, everyone, there's a lot of superhero stuff out there, and it's right. always trying to do things on different angles. So I know Marvel does things at different angles, you know, serious, comical, for young, for old, you know, mix mash, and, and they and they try to give you different angles, spy, over the top, magic. Okay, so and that's cool, that's great because you need a variety variety within the genre. And my point is, with Adam Strange, he would be a good variety. Okay, we all know Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman, Aquaman. We know where they come from. It's always the soups in their in their suits and fighting evil. And you got to go with a little bit of a different take on it. Not everything is always going to be successful, but you got to try, right? That's the main thing in life. This one, Adam Strange, would be different because mm-hmm. it would give us a glimpse into maybe not the heroes. But the cultures that span maybe future heroes. So Thanagar, right? Right. The planet of Oa. Right. Okay. Uh, Dexum, which is out, like close right. to Krypton, where Monel and his people come from, because they, they were mentioned. He's your space explorer, and he would team up with some of those cosmic heroes and bring them together. Yeah. And, and open you up to alien races, uh, you know, like Valorant and, and, the, and, the, and the thousands. Of, yeah. That movie. It would yep. open you up to a lot more of the DC universe. So when you see these characters make an appearance in futures or hear them mentioned, you're like, saw it in Adam Strange. I'm Got good. That, that's, that's my point. So Rob, who hmm. would you want to see play Adam Strange? Well, you know what? I was, I was trying to, um, you know, I've always tried to be either just a little offset, just someone that you would, you know, hmm, I think you've done something similar to it. So I was going to go with Alex Pettifer. Peterford, sorry, Peterford. Alex, Alex Peterford? Peterford? Yes. Okay. Now, Alex Peterford, he was, if you remember, um, oh, 10 years ago, just over 10 years ago, there was a movie, I Am Number Four. Yes. Because oh. of, right, he basically, so I Am Number Four, basically he was, um, he was, um, he's an, he was an alien. In, in, in the storyline, he was an alien from another world who came to Earth to hide out um, because there were um, rulers basically trying to, you know, eliminate him and everything like that. But he basically had superpowers. Well, he had, like, abilities. I say superpowers, but he had abilities. They able to, like, um, repulsive blast from his hands and stuff like that. But this character, this t- particular character had that uh, agility to be, like, a superhero. He had the agility to okay. be yeah, uh, very, very, very moment, you know, movable, in, you know, along that line. So when you think, uh, when we think of Adam Strange, Adam Strange is, again, when Barry was mentioning, 
Adam Strange, his uniform was red and white, and he always had the jetpack. So this individual was always in action, always moving, um, being, like you said, he's a forward thinker, trying to think how to outdo his enemies and, and along that line and, and so forth. So I need to, I need to find a, a person who has the looks and the bills to be an athletic, an athletic build, uh, who has the ability, who's worked on having characters that he could personify, uh, the confidence and the, the, the forte to, to be, uh, someone that you like you you could be a, a born leader like there's something about you that i'm gonna have to listen right right and and, and this is stuff that i i um kind of go through the mental roller that to whatever case it be and i remembered i remember this movie and i was like yeah let me check him out and then i realized yeah this this, this makes some good this makes some good sense so alex as a pedifer it is my my recommendation to play uh adam's adam strange again Always, you know, back in the days, you got to have that jaw, square jawline, and yeah, 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 and everything like that. The curly blonde hair, and the kind of thing, you know, just giving that kind of like, like that playboy kind of <laughs> good-looking guy, or whatever the case be. Because again, that was the way it was drawn back then. But I want to give him that ability to say, like, saying, "Hmm, it's going." It's like, yeah, I can, I can see you in an outfit. Give him okay. a jetpack. Okay. Give him a helmet. Let's go. So here's my question: Would you see this as? Uh, a movie or limited series in my head i would like a, a movie but not like just a one stand standalone right, right, right. either two maybe three that you can get the storyline of him because at that point then like you said get him to open up the story in the first one second one you start to break in uh more about his relationship and his understanding like you're saying now mm. he has to understand he's he's on earth how is he calculating to go back because technically to me the first one will be him getting to terrain terrain and just yeah. basically the majority of the movie is there on the last second he's been told by Sadaf that he's going to get pulled back at any moment but you're getting yourself prepared and that'll be the cliffhanger he goes off so part two is him now you see him you're like seeing him feverishly trying to figure this thing out, whatever the case would be. And then maybe the first, the first act of part two, mm-hmm. he's going through the process of trying to figure out who, you know, how to get back. And the third one, then we would say, okay, we will now say, okay, he's now getting an understanding of how to do it back and forth. Now he becomes the explorer, the galactical explorer. I heard you guys are talking about Thanagorian. Who is that? What? what, what? Okay. Planet or what what what's 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 what? Yeah. Let, yeah. let me get some more information. Tell me more. Build my mind. Bam. And that would be a way to get at least a three a three story, three part story on on that. I got you. All right. I like it. I like it. I see where you're going. We're almost on the same page. It's a strong bloodline. Strong mm. bloodline. Here we go. I'm gonna hit you with this. So first of all, my pick for it is gonna be Barry Atma, A T S M A, and not because he has the same name Barry like me, but you know, he got points for that, <laughs> mm. right? A little bit right. of an older actor, but he doesn't look his age. Right. He's fit. He's got that square jaw line. He looks like he would be someone more as a thinker than as a fighter. So I like this. He gonna look good in the suit, in my opinion. So this is how I'm gonna go. Barry Atma definitely is who I would say as Adam Strange in the DCU. You know the the DC 
cinematic universe, right? The DC, this is whatever. You have, you, you, and you, whatever. Got it. Here we go. So Barry Asma, that's who I'm going for. He was in a movie with uh, Simon Pegg, you know, um, in 2014, like Happiness. There was a, a, a Hector in Happiness. It's on Netflix. You can find okay. it. He also showed up, had a small role in the, uh, the Hitman's Bodyguard. So I like this actor. Like, mm-hmm. What this actor tells me is he can be whimsical and serious at the same time. This goes my feel. Hold up. Here it goes. Now with you. I'm with you mm-hmm. on a movie. Mm-hmm. With you on a movie aspect. I don't want to, I don't want a limited series. This could be a big budget movie. So DC, if you're listening, here we go. This can easily be three movies, sorry, four movies. Last movie is a two parter. Right? Okay. I need the writing team of, hold on. I've got his name. I'm going to pull it up. So I need, I need the screenwriter from The Mummy with Brendan Fraser. This is who has to do okay. it. Right? Which is Stephen Summers. So what Stephen Summers did The Mummy, The Mummy Returns, okay. Van Helsing, and G.I. Joe, The Rise of Cobra. So I like his writing style. I like he does a little bit of humor, but it's a lot of action in it. Okay. He okay. does a good blend. So you give me Stephen Summers as the screenwriter. Get me the same director as The Mummy. I got to look that up, right, with Brendan Fraser. You give me Brian Atzma as my Adam Strange, and that's the feel I want to have of that. It's almost like the mummy in outer space. First movie, yes. Origin movie shows how he gets the red. Him kind of overcoming, you know, learning their culture, finding out stuff, helping them out, being a champion, you know, throwing the whole thing that, oh, wait, you got to bring me here as breeding stock? And like, no, 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 no. We want you as a champion. Just as a little bit throwback to Alan Moore and people right. who read the book would say, ah, that's funny, right? So that's the whole thing. As you put it, end of that movie, you back to earth. Get number two. Mm-hmm. Okay. I got to figure out what's going on. I got I to gotta figure out, get back to the planet. I got to get back to the planet, right? He gets back to the planet. And, you know, during that, do part uh, their own version of the planet heist episode where it says, well, it's been, he's been back here for months. He's, he do some little flashbacks of Adam has stopped this invasion. He's helped this with diplomacy. He's helped this here. He's done that here. But now this brings him to, you know, the, the, um, the, the planet, the planet heist a scenario where he's like, well, I'm deciding to stay on this planet. You fixed the Zeta beam technology. Thank you very much. Let me go back to earth one more time, wrap up my fears on earth, come back here and move on. So in the first movie, you could make it go that he goes through the whole learning curve, da, 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 their boyfriend and girlfriend with Alana. Second movie, let it come back, do a time jump set. It's been a couple of years since then. And in the, in between time, like how they did Watchmen, you know, just do a music montage, show him different things. Let us understand that time has gone on, that he's been a champion okay. to show some of his past adventures, like one panel freeze frames or, you know, bullet time. Good. And bring it up that him and Alana are together. They're married. Maybe <laughs> make her pregnant. Let him come back to earth to wrap up stuff. Right. right. Boom. He can't get back. He's trying to use his science. Maybe make a crossover. Let have one of the Justice League make an appearance like Superman, maybe just like how it was in that mm. book, in that eight issue miniseries, right? Bring back Henry Cavall. As, as, mm. So do that. Go through the Planet Heist episode as a movie, trying to find out what happened to Rand, deal with the depression of losing his wife, find out that he was lied to, being hunted down by bounty hunters on Earth in outer space, get back there, his updated armor, boom, because they always got to update the armor. So first movie, classic look, second movie, that big, bulky, light, holographic armor. Bla- okay, you're with me so far, right? Cool. Yeah, yeah. Then third movie, part one. Rand Thanagarian War. 
because now that Ran is now within the same solar system as Thanagar, and Thanagar is trying to conquer and, and stuff like that. Part one. And in part one, you can bring in Hawkman, Hawk Girl, and Shadow Thief along mm. with it, with, right? And, and, and that's part one, because they're trying to start the Ran Thanagarian War, and in part one, it's just the three of them trying to do with it. And then part two, do the bigger version. So you got to make it kind of blend. So the whole part one and part two is the Ranthanagarian War at the end. Adam Strange is there. His wife is there. He's permanently on Ran. He's got his daughter. He's got his wife. And the adventure continues. You know, but make sure that we have influences from the other races. And we can even bring in, you know, no, you don't have to bring in the Justice League. You mm-hmm. can make mention of the Justice League, but you can bring in other heroes like Captain Comet, who he has teamed up with. Okay. You can bring in a different Green Lantern altogether. It doesn't have okay. to be Hal Jordan. It doesn't have to be John okay. Stewart. You okay. can bring in Guy Gardner. You can bring in Kyle. You can bring in one of the other Green Lanterns who defined another sector of space who were not right. even there. So you can bring in Kilowog. About to say, yep. Right? Well, okay. Okay. So that, that there is what it is. Four movies, but three pictures. Arc. Mm-hmm. One, origin. Two, uh, as I said, Planet Heist. Three, part one and part two, the Ranthanagarian War. Woo! Do it with Stephen uh, Summers writing the screenplay, so it's high action. It's got its comedy, just like the first The Mummy movie, because the first Mummy movie had that. The second Mummy movie had that. Have that pacing to it. DC, thank you very much. Warner Brothers, mm-hmm. you're welcome. We, as the Iconist Podcast, need exclusive rights to interviews with the stars for our podcast because we just cast this whole thing for you and we want to be on set. Pay a brother. That's all we're asking. Not a lot. Just, you know, just, you know, it's not, we're not asking for a lot of stuff. Just, you know, a couple of interviews. Yeah. But it's, not that I gave this a lot of thought. No, far from that. <laughs> uh, far from that at all. I never noticed that. Did you all notice that? I did it. <laughs> As you hear the paper rustling underneath, no, I didn't hear a oh shoot right on so this brings us to the last point so once again let's just wrap this up so Rod who Mm. are you going with with Adam Strange again so I'm going with Alex Pettifer right Pettifer that's who I'm going with got it and you are going with I'm going with Barry Atzma got it yeah he's got a long acting career but we'll know him from the Hitman's Bodyguard and um, Hector and Happiness with uh Simon Pegg. So yes, that's who we're going. So you got Simon. Sorry, you got you got We got Alex and we have Barry. So we got Alex and Barry. That's where our choices are for Adam Strange. We clearly see that I've given this some direction, uh, some thought with the director and screenplay and and, and the theme and pace of this movie. And it mm-hmm. would be different because it would be a movie where it would be action and comedy be together. So whew, would love that. This has been the Iconist Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> any any last words, Rod? Listen, uh, as always, everyone, we're glad that you're here with us today. Make sure you hit that share button. Let everybody know that we're on. We're having fun. Join join the camaraderie of what we got. Hit that like button. Subscribe. Follow us on Instagram. Follow us on Facebook. Listen, we just got to spread the love. You know, we're having some fun out here, and we just want to spread it with everybody. So. Make sure that you are still with us. Tag on for the ride. We still got more to go. That's right. 
And on that note, this whole world was created by a, pe a pencil, a piece of paper, and lots of imagination. Keep on Yo. dreaming. Let's do it. Wait, wait, wait. Don't go too fast. You know what you got to do. <laughs> I've been trying to fight it, man. Flash Gordon. Do it, Rod. Do it. Do it. Let's go. Oh, you know what? Yeah, before we get, before we get, we get, uh, yeah, yeah. Flash. Uh, he is the band of him, the same in the universe. Yeah, I'll get it by next time. You, you know, I've got stuck in my head. I'm looking up the lyrics. All right. I'm taking the out of here. I got it in the chat. Peace. Peace out.